Hello, and welcome to episode 122 of Outnumber the Podcast. Today, we get to share with you everything about music. This is another one in our Helping Kids with Different Subjects series. Now, before we get started, we wanted to give you a quick tip that our Patreon supporters in association with this episode are getting two really awesome bonuses. One is a supplement to the curriculum that we gave them earlier, and it's all about musical instruments with pictures and coloring and drawing and links to where they can listen to musical instruments. So if you're interested in that, be sure to support us on Patreon, patreon.com outnumbered. Now let's let the music get started. Hello and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. We are experienced moms to a combined total of 19 children. In our weekly episodes, we explore relatable topics using our perspectives of humor and chaos. Tune in for advice and encouragement to gain more joy in your parenting journey. All right, everybody, we are back and we have another episode in our series on helping kids with different school subjects. So this time we are going to focus and do a deep dive on helping kids with music. We are so excited to get started on this one. Totally. If you are a human being, then there's probably some music that you are super passionate about. And so passing that passion on to our children, I think is so important to get them to be music lovers as well. Uh, But before we go on, we just wanted to ask and plead for reviews. We would love, love, love to hear from those of you who have enjoyed an episode or two or 30, um, especially our long-term fans, because that helps other moms and dads find us on iTunes. It's been a little while since we've had any reviews. Um, And while ratings do help us as well, So that's like where you just choose the star that you want to rate the podcast. An actual written review goes leaps and bounds above to um, help us be rated well in iTunes. So we would love you to do that. Um, I also wanted to mention before we get started talking about helping kids with music, one thing, and that is that (laughs) when our kids are learning musical instruments and including their voice, right? That's an instrument. It's going to be painful, right? Just a little bit. for us to listen to. But I have decided over the years that one of my contributions to society is going to be to tolerate the painful early stages of my kid learning an instrument so that he can then go on and contribute beautiful music to the world. So I just had to put that side note in there because if you've ever had a kid practice (laughs) an instrument in your house, you might be like, yeah, I can't take it. (laughs) I go a little bit insane, especially strings. Strings are especially hard for beginners. It's like, oh, I'm just going to put my earplugs in now. But anyway, that's my little uh, my little mom hack before we get started is just think about the future impact your beautiful musical child will have on com- the community. Oh, yes, that is that is totally 100 uh, percent like we could probably stop the podcast here <laughs> the, this episode because that's so true. It's so hard to get through those first couple of years. And yes, I have had a couple on violin and that is like painful. <laughs> Like ears are bleeding painful sometimes. (laughs) But yes, definitely it is worth it. And we want to start out by talking about the benefits to the kids of learning music. So absolutely that future beauty that they put out in society is not even on our list. But here is the list that we have for kids and how learning music benefits them. We want to start 
start out so you don't quit this episode before we even get started. (laughs) Keep in mind that learning music helps the brain develop. It builds better focus in a child. It's a great source of stress relief and self-expression. It helps improve their language skills, math skills, reasoning skills, and social skills. They get a huge boost in self-confidence. It improves their memory and ability to concentrate. It increases their coordination, even if it's only voice lessons, and definitely magnitudes more if they're learning a musical instrument. Um, They have better self-discipline, and they have that skill for life that they can communicate and share to others. Yes. When you read that list, you just think, well, geez, why am I teaching my kid anything but music, right? There's so many benefits. (laughs) I think most of the time we don't really think very deeply on the benefits. We just think, oh, it would be nice to be able to contribute musically, but it really does help them in so many ways. Music, just like sports or other um, extracurricular type activities, I think it does something in the brain that just kind of gathers all the different areas and pulls them together, right? Like you're saying, when you just do standard type uh, school learning, book learning, you're learning math and you're learning social studies and you're learning language arts, all these different kind of segmented topics. Um, But things like music really kind of pull from all areas and you learn about the history of the music and you learn about um, the poetry of the words and all these things just kind of come together. So I really think it's a really beautiful way of making the brain, all the different parts of the brain work together. So here are a few more benefits of learning music. Um, The desire to improve. A kid who has struggled with a musical piece and finally gets it just feels so amazing, right? Uh, They are actually less likely to abuse substances if they are musical. They're better developed emotionally. They have more empathy towards others that are different from them, especially other cultures. They have better pattern recognition, fine-tuned auditory skills. Um, And they can even, that includes recognizing variation in meaning in other people's voices. So like that makes them more aware socially of what's going on around them. Uh, It builds their imagination and their curiosity. They have better spatial intelligence, better teamwork. They're a responsible risk taker. They take better SAT scores. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's it's amazing when you do a little bit of research about how music helps kids. Yes. I have had so many people ask me um, if we include music in our homeschool um, program and why. And I say, yes, 100%. Absolutely. Music touches a part of the brain that nothing else touches. So we include music in a lot of different areas of our homeschool. I love... Um, (laughs) I love having kids. Now I want to give you, um, we talked a little bit about the beginning view of when they're learning that squeaky instrument and you are just barely making it through those first years. I want to also give you an end view of where it can go when your kid gets advanced on a musical instrument. So I'm actually going to share with our Patreon subscribers, um, uh, video that I took of my daughter's senior um, cello concerto concert. It is stunning. It is like, so when they get to um, the level where uh, my, my daughter started playing cello at five, and this was her um, concert, her senior concert when she was 18. It's like um, a private seat in your own personal concert and without having to pay. And you get that like every single day for hours when they practice. So our Patreon subscribers are going to get that video in their in their feed this month, this week um, of my daughter. Just this little beautiful cello piece that she was playing. So that the end goal is if you can stick with it through the first years, they can get really, really amazing. 
Oh, that sounds beautiful. I can't wait to watch. Yeah. All right. So we're going to break this episode down again, like we did in most of our past um, series episodes on helping kids with school subjects. We're going to talk about the seven different types of learners. We're going to explain each one and our experience and ways to help this kind of learner with music, as well as which kind of music program might be the most helpful for this kind of kid. So... um, this, this was a little bit of research that we dug into, and uh, there's so many different music methods out there. This might help narrow it down for which one to use with your kid. Okay. We also wanted to mention right up front that if something is not working, don't be afraid to pivot. So we've mentioned this in other episodes about teaching your kids with specific subjects. Um, try to figure out your kids' learning styles and then use that to their advantage. So if they are not great at oh, um, maybe learning independently, perhaps they need someone right by their side teaching them, or maybe vice versa. They'd much prefer to learn independently. Maybe they would prefer to listen to a piece and then try to sound it out on their own. Maybe they have to see the written music. There are countless ways of learning musics or even different instruments, right? Let's say you've always thought that you wanted a piano player in your home, but your kid just fights you. Maybe they would love percussion or something else. So there are a bunch of different ways to teach them that musicality without um, banging their heads against the piano. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Two more items of note that we want to say is one is a budget-friendly option here. Um, We consider your voice to be music and you can take everything that we say today and apply it to like learning to sing. And you, you watch kids and they will turn almost anything into a musical instrument. You don't have to go buy a really super expensive instrument and pay for years and years of lessons, although that is one option we're going to talk about. You can, you can do music for free with your kids and they still get all those benefits that we were talking about for $0. So keep that in mind. It does not have to be an expensive thing for your kid to learn music. The second thing I wanted to note was what you were saying about if something's not working and pivot is every time my kids have changed um, music instructors or methods or, um, you know, doing it themselves or doing it with a teacher, they've changed a program. Their ability just takes a huge leap and because it's um, maybe a different way of learning something or a different method or something, something clicks differently for them. And so even if it is working, maybe try a pivot and their, their ability might skyrocket. <laughs> All right, jumping into those seven different types of learners. The first one is the auditory or musical learner. Um, these guys are good listeners and they learned through sound, music, anything that comes in through the ear and a special bonus if it is set to music. Yeah, that's kind of like their unique way of learning. So definitely get those ones into music ASAP, right? Um, a couple tips for helping these ones with music. Uh, you don't really have to actually, (laughs) they're really just kind of finely tuned to, uh, pick up music around them and they love music, right? Um, everything is music to the kids, right? So you might see them learning their multiplication facts by turning it to a song or a little, um, memorized poem that they tap out on the, on the table, right? You probably know if you have one of these. Um, although the music theory part, which is a little bit more mathematical and a little bit, um, requires a little bit more brain power. That part might be just a little bit more difficult for these kids. Right. So some um, experience or resource that we have for these Suzuki method is definitely the way to go with these kids. Um, They do not have to stop and learn to read music at the same time as they learn an instrument or um, they learn music. 
uh, or another method that's learning by ear, definite benefit for these kids. Um, joining a musical group like a choir or a band or an orchestra where they can um, learn by learn by making music with others around them. They actually, that is actually a learning thing for them. It's not like a social thing. It's like a, an actual learning thing. So these kids do really, really good in a musical group as, as a part of their education, their music education. Uh, just one last thing about these kids is just try to stay out of their way, right? I personally am not an auditory learner. And so I would be more likely to push like learning how to read music first on a kid. But if that's not working, let them do things their own right way, right? There is no right way to do it. Yeah, I have a cute little sort of cute, sort of sad little story about this. <laughs> when um, I was learning to play piano, um, my I had the same music teacher as my older sister. And she... Um, probably wasn't acquainted with the seven different types of learners. And so I was just buzzing right along. She was using the same music books as my sister. <laughs> and she didn't. When she found out that I was actually learning the music by listening to my sister play it instead of reading the notes on the page, then she made me switch to a different set of books <laughs> because she wanted me to learn how to read music <laughs> instead of learn by ear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are a lot of people, a lot of old school uh, teachers who think that there is a right way to do it. And they're really yeah. not fans of picking things out by ear. Whereas I'm like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I wish I could do that. Totally can't. Okay. So second type is the visual spatial learner and they learn by observing. Um, Intervals and chords come easily. So anything with kind of a pattern comes pretty simply for these kids. Yes. How to help these guys with music. These guys, actually, it's helpful for them to learn how to read music at the same time um, as they learn an instrument. Um, or learn to sing or whatever. So learning that, you know, the staff with the lines and the spaces and all that, they, they need to learn that at the same time. Um, color coding the notes. We talked about color coding um, when learning to read. So color coding the notes um, is also helpful for these guys, um, like different, different, um, like let's say a half note. So when you're if you have, you know, four different pens there and you make all the half notes in pink and all the whole notes in green and all the eighth notes in blue, you know, that is really a helpful thing to them, color coding. And then one thing that's really awesome for these guys is to write out their own compositions on staff paper and to actually play it and say, oh, cool. I wonder if I put these notes in these spaces with these rhythms, what it would sound like and then go play it. And that is a very cool, cool learning method for these visual spatial learners. Yes, that totally brings things together for them. This this is one of my strong suits personally is I'm more of a visual learner. Okay, so some experience and resources for these kids are beginning music books. So the ones that just start out by teaching them um, music theory, right? Or rather how to read music right from the beginning. The Alfred series is a good example. Um, you could maybe even consider introducing guitar or ukulele or banjo or something that's very obvious where they push a string and strum and, and they get a certain sound it can be a very simple way for them to be introduced to music. And then private lessons are also very helpful because they can have someone right next to them showing them just where everything goes and, and how to, how to um, produce music from a written written composition. Yeah. Those kids, um, those instruments that you mentioned, the guitar, the ukulele, banjo, those kids, um, those instruments are really beneficial or easy for these guys to learn because of their very high comfort level with the intervals and the chords. And all those instruments um, are corded instruments. So, you know, you play a guitar, you play all of those strings at once, and that's a chord. And so somehow this with the lines and the spaces, this all makes sense and just really clicks for these uh, visual spatial learners. 
those instruments really click for them. All right, moving on to verbal linguistic learner. These guys are intellectuals. Um, they're the bookworms. They're good storytellers. They have a big vocabulary. They talk a lot. These are the kids that when they sing, they sing really, really loud. <laughs> yeah, you, you probably know if you have one of those. <laughs> yeah. uh. Okay, so some ideas for helping these guys. Uh, they may prefer talking or singing the notes as they're played. <laughs> I used to remember my teacher doing this and me trying to do the same. She would say, you know, say them out loud. And I couldn't decide whether I wanted to just speak them or sing them. And so it came out something like in between and it sounded horrible. <laughs> and the point wasn't for my voice to sound pretty. It was just to remind me of what the notes were. But I just remember being so frustrated. Do you want me to speak them or sing them? But it is helpful for sure. Yeah. Um, they can write and make up their own songs. This is probably the kid that um, picks up the the words to songs very quickly. My four-year-old is like this. You sing a song one time and she knows it. It's a little awkward too because she shares a room with their 12-year-old sister who listens to pop music. <laughs> and sometimes she's picking up words from songs. I'm like, oh, we're not going to listen to that one anymore because the four-year-old now knows the words and I don't think they're really appropriate for a four-year-old. Uh. Um, they memorize music easily. They love echo singing and they love to to learn the vocabulary of music. Oh, yes. Those Italian, vo you know, music terms in Italian, they just eat those up because that's a it's a really cool word to roll over. Yeah, it's so you know, fun to say, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they love that verbal learners. So um, good uh, resources for these kind of kids are group lessons. Uh, voice lessons are really good. Obviously, they use their voice for mm -hmm, everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, one very interesting thing I found is that these guys love to use GarageBand, which is an Apple program that comes on um, an, any Apple iPhone or Mac computer. And they really, really like composing in GarageBand. And you can use that um, if you have an Apple product, you can use that to help them learn music as well. It just really clicks for them. There's a method called the Codely method that really uses um, is beneficial for these verbal linguistic learners. And then also a method called conversational sofa. And I haven't looked into that very much, but I'm imagining it's like that echo singing, like is, you know, the sound of music, do, re, mi, and then you sing it back. Mm -hmm. And that, that kind of thing is really, really cool for them. Ooh, fun, fun tips. Okay, so number four, we're going to talk about the logical or mathematical learner. So these ones love rhythm. They love learning note values and everything theory related because if you know music, you know that there's fractions involved and there's, there is quite a bit of math. Um, and this is the harder part for those more creative learners, right? Um, but if they're a mathematical learner, they're going to just eat this part up. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, f to help these logical mathematical learners with music, teach them theory. They love to know the why or the rules behind the music. And so you'll explain to them, to a kid that's very mathematical, you explain to them, you know, like how those fraction note work notes work. And they'll actually be like, oh, and they'll go to the piano and they'll be like, or, you know, um, their instrument or try it with their voice, whatever they're clapping with their hands. And they'll be like, oh, so you mean like this is, and they'll, they'll like really get into that part of it. It's kind of cool to see. Yeah. And the magical part about these mathematical learners in music is that this can really bring out their creative side. So these logical kids might not always be as um, intuitively creative as their brothers and sisters, but music can bring that out in them because all of a sudden they're using their math to do something beautiful and creative. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, how it brings balance into their lives. 
Um, some tips for helping these guys uh, and resources are maybe an adult book series might work best for them. Um, Sometimes the theory in the little kid books is just a little bit too simplified. They might prefer learning theory on a little bit more of an elevated level and it comes faster to them and a little bit more in depth. Um, The music learning theory method is a good one to look into. Yeah, I have had um, a couple logical mathematical learners, and they definitely preferred that um, the adult method books because they were like, yeah, they were like, I'm not a kid. Just teach it to me. I want to know this theory stuff. And even, you know, the kid books with the theory books that go alongside of them, it just wasn't fast enough. All right. Moving on to number five, the physical kinesthetic learner. These guys are hands on. They might drum their fingers. They might wiggle their legs. They're action oriented. They deprioritize reading and writing. These guys are drumming out a beat with their fingers and their legs and their whole body. It's just going. It's got music inside of them. (laughs) That's so fun to watch too. I love it. Um, Helping these kids is pretty easy. Just get them on an instrument and get them messing around with it. Um, Also get them dancing, moving to music, Um, get them playing clapping games or stomping games or anything to figure out the beat and to move with it. Um, and percussion instruments are great because they move so much more with the beat than, than a lot of other instruments. Yeah, it's really neat to see. So um, a, re- a way to help these guys, a resource for these is I looked a little bit into the Del Crow's, Del Crow's method. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but this is actually like totally designed for these physical kinesthetic learners. It's m- learning music by moving your body. If, if you've got a physical or kinesthetic learner, check that out for your kids. It looks really cool. Um, another thing that's helped for, the, for these kids is to learn multiple instruments at one time. I was talking about my daughter who played the cello. And one time when she had plateaued, she just decided to pick up the guitar and learn that one as well. And she um, that helped her move along in her ability to play the cello was by learning another instrument and kind of cross applying some of her musical stuff to from one instrument to another, but definitely get them more instruments than one time. That's why percussion is a good option for these kids because there's so many instruments in a percussion session <laughs> section of a of a orchestra or a band. And then another final thing that's helpful for these kids is dance lessons or gymnastics. Um, Anything set to music where they're moving their bods. Isn't that interesting to think about that an additional instrument might actually help them with the original Mm -hmm. one? I think um, about languages a lot. Languages are so similar to music, right? And oftentimes learning additional languages can help strengthen the ones that you have. Like I feel like my English vocabulary and grammar got a lot better once I learned foreign languages because I understood how the foreign one worked and then it kind of reflected back on English. Very fascinating. Okay, so the sixth type of learner we've got is the social interpersonal learner. So these are the extroverts. They're good communicators. Um, they are sensitive to, uh, to other people's needs. Good kids to have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And remember that in talking about all of these, you you may have a kid that's really strong in one of these. And then you may have a kid or you yourself may be one that is kind of strong in one and then has some others. That's totally an option. I don't know if anybody's just solely one type of learner. Right, right. Um, yeah. 
Okay, so how to help these social interpersonal learners? Get them in a group, <laughs> a choir, a band, an orchestra, a dance class, a vocal group. Um, if they're on a piano, any instrument, have them learn a duet with somebody else. It's, again, back like we were saying about the auditory musical learners, how they actually learn from other people. That's these guys too. So being in a group really, really helps improve their um it's, it's a social thing for them, but it's also an educational thing for them, learning with others. Yes, I that's me. I like to learn with other people. <laughs> but I like to do my projects on my own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a couple of resources for these kids. Uh, we Sing Around the World. It's a really fun program. Any sort of group lessons, music groups, um, uh, Let's Play Music. I don't know if you've ever had experience with that one, Audrey, or your kids have done that. Super fun. Uh, music camps, jam sessions with other kids, especially fun for the, those teenagers who just want to mess around and maybe try some new sounds. Um, and the World Music Pedagogy Method. Okay, guys, we're mentioning tons of resources. Yes, we are going to link these in the show notes. So <laughs> if you're lost or you can't write fast enough, check out the show notes too. All right. The seventh type of learner is the solitary or intrapersonal learner. These guys are independent, introspective, private. They don't want your help. They want to figure it out on their own. Some help for these kinds of kids are the private lessons, working on a solo, especially if they can perform it somewhere. They just love that. Um, and those are the ones that do a lot better when they are responsible for their own learning. Yes. An awesome resource for these kids is there's a program called Piano Online, and that is a study at your own pace, learn as you go, and you watch a video lecture, and then um, you go practice it. And when you're ready to move on, you move on. Completely self-guided. Um, really awesome program. We'll link that one in the show notes too. Uh, self-study. So they want to, um, I have a daughter who, when she wants to, um, learn a new song, she hears something that she likes. She goes and finds the music. She prints it out. She uses a combination of listening to it and looking at the notes and all that and teaches herself that way. So definitely, um, an interpersonal, an solitary intrapersonal learner, um, doing it herself. And when you try to help these kids, it just really doesn't help them. It, it kind of makes them frustrated. They, they love to figure it out on their own. They have a greater sense of accomplishment when they figure it out on their own. I have kids like this and they're like, you know, if you help them or show them, they just get frustrated because they feel like you did it, not they did it. Yes, totally. And and it, it's so powerful to finally find the right fit for your child. And that might take a little bit of trial and error. But once you do, it's like, oh my gosh, it's like unlocking this awesome creative little being inside your kid instead of kind of running up against a brick wall. <laughs> if you try to focus on a learning style that it does not come very easily to them. Um, so we're going to share now just a few music programs and resources that we have used and have really loved or had success, successes or failures with. Um, like I mentioned, the Let's Play Music program we have done for several children. It's designed for small kids to get them just started learning about music and it teaches theory in a really, really simple way, which is fascinating because um, they have the parents come to some lessons and I swear I learned more theory in these little kid lessons than I ever did in my own musical instruction. So that's a really fun one. And I believe they also have now kind of a graduate program for older learners that transitions them into like small group or private piano lessons. Um, we've never done that, but that, that'd be worth looking into as well. Um, and other than that, we have just done um, some private piano lessons and some just kind of for fun learning 
when my kids are just doing things on their own. So like ukulele, um, what else have they done? A handful of little instruments here and there. The harmonica was a really fun phase for a couple of my kids. It's just been really awesome to see them um, show an interest in something and then go out there and get the instrument and just mess around with it. I think it's even more rewarding than watching them work with a teacher because it's all self-led. And they tend to teach themselves exactly the way they want to learn, right? Either independently or in a small group with friends or they just figure it out. And so if you have no clue how your kid learns music, throw an instrument at them and just see what they start to do. Do they ask for like some theory and some music to look at? Do they prefer to just try it by ear? You can just kind of take a cue from them in how they best learn. Oh man, those are such great tips. Yeah, I have a... I, I wanted to talk just a tiny bit more about affordability. So go to a secondhand store and find a used instrument. Um, I did want to mention that if you have a kid that gets really good on an instrument um, or gets advanced and they're using a crappy instrument, the poor quality of the instrument will discourage them after a while. But just for a beginner kid getting started, just find something at the secondhand store and get them started on it. Um a penny whistle is super cheap. A harmonica, <laughs> like you mentioned. Um, if you know somebody that has a piano, you know, can somebody come over and play? Um, and then as far as lessons go, what if you have um, an older kid who has had a lot of lessons and they teach one of your younger children? Like Bonnie and I both have um, big families and we put a lot of time and uh, resources into music lessons for some of our older kids. And that is kind of coming back like bread on the waters for us because some of these older kids are able and willing to teach their younger siblings music too. So like we don't have to double up on those payments because they're now teaching some of their younger, younger siblings. And, you know, sometimes you have sibling dynamic things going on and sometimes you don't. (laughs) We have a great episode, sibling rivalry, go listen to that one. But, um, yeah, so we have tried tons of these uh, programs that I mentioned and will have linked in the resources. And sometimes some things work and sometimes they don't. And we've done a variety of me teaching the kids and kids teaching their siblings and private lessons and then this piano online that I mentioned and just lots of different, you know, if we don't have any instruments around, then we just grab some pots and pans and start, you know, (laughs) start making some percussion music and do some rhythm stuff. And yeah, music is just really an amazing thing. And and we just want to encourage everybody to just use your voice and try. Right. And I would also say to the parents who are not musically inclined or don't have an instrument, don't let that um, hold you back from teaching your kids. You guys could learn together or you could share um, just a few, you know, you could explore all these silly little instruments together and, and see which one they pick up on and they really love. I have loved learning some new um, musical abilities as I've gotten older, like I said, the theory in my little kids class or messing around with a ukulele or a guitar with my kids. It's just really fun. Don't, um, you know, take your own lack of musical ability and project it onto your kids. They can be awesome. Even if you don't know, have anything to teach them. All right, guys, that's everything that we have for you today. We have tons of resources linked in the show notes. Also an article about different methods of teaching music. We kind of, we, did sort of a deep dive, but this article that we're going to link does a really deep dive, more helpful to you. And we're also going to link on all the other episodes that we have on helping kids with different subjects in school. So if you enjoyed this episode, maybe you want to go check out some of those others. 
Thanks for listening, friends. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. Oh my gosh, they're all back now. Like three of them. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, he's not home from school yet, bud. Please go away. I will help you when I'm done. Huh? Can you watch show? No. Can you tell we're weaning off uh, some screen mm. time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so bored. Okay. Yeah. You know what I do when I get that? This happens to us like at the beginning of school summer vacation when we don't have a um, schedule. A set, yeah. You know, they don't have a set yeah. schedule. I always make a huge list of things that I want done. Like, okay, we're going to wash the walls up the oh, staircase because they're really bad. And I make this huge list. Okay, the coat closet needs cleaned and the pantry shelves needs wiped. And, you know, I make this huge list of just these menial chores. <laughs> Say, so, oh, you're bored? Okay, good. Let me get out the board list. <sighs> Seriously. <Okay>. Seriously. <laughs> and, well, my kids are like, but that's not fun. I'm like, my kids have literally never said they were bored in their life until we got into yeah. the bad habit of watching screens. Yeah.